0: press me to justify my reasons for saying no to him.
1: W- 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 women's rights are human rights.
2: Who's got the power? Hey everyone, we're back. It's the Brava podcast. It's Mariana and Rachel Alex. And Heather. It's
1: Heather.
2: And Heather. <laughs> Sounds like hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm... <laughs> Link. <laughs> That's so great. All right, we're back, and we haven't been here in a little while because we do this on our free time. This is our side gig. Every game. other fortnight. Yeah. That's it. No, we're oh, basically Fortnite. the
3: entire schedule is on a fortnight. You don't know what Fortnights are, but, right? And nobody but else wants either. Right. So when the podcast comes out, they'll be like, "Oh, it was a fortnight, yeah." I are telling all of our secrets. <laughs> I only now they know when to expect what of. a fortnight
0: <laughs> was because of Game of Thrones. Everything is a fortnight.
3: I learned yeah. it like every four weeks, yeah. and then Isn't I forget. Like two weeks or two and a half? I weeks? thought it was like two weeks. weeks. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure. I don't spend a lot of time in forts in the Middle Ages. Or at yeah, yeah. nice. are ready to Middle Ages with the stinky time. Right, no, we have discussed that. That did not smell good back then. Nope. Um, well, so we should. You know what
1: else doesn't that. smell good? Brett
3: Kavanaugh. <laughs> ah, good transition. Wow, ah, well played. Well played. I saw this brilliant cartoon today where it was a little boy who was. We couldn't see him naked. Don't anybody get concerned about him. And it was a cartoon. I was absolutely not the first thing I thought. I was a boy. I wasn't worried about that, but now I am. <laughs> There's a little naked boy in the cartoon, and he had on sunglasses, and he was holding a bottle of wine, and the, the mother is the standing wine? there with a with a, a basket full of laundry, staring down at him. She goes, no, you cannot be Brett Kavanaugh for Halloween. <gasps> oh. Oh. <laughs> if you don't laugh,
2: you cry. Right? I know, right?
0: <laughs> I do want to say that the one bright spot of this whole freaking terrible thing uh, was Matt Damon's uh, intro yeah. skit? Uh, and that, well, and it's and funny that like, was Matt Damon,
1: because Matt Damon's a like not all men dude. So to have him uh, playing Brett Kavanaugh, I thought it was
3: yeah. interesting. Well, and yeah. for me, it was he like, did a good oh job. God. though. Matt Damon can act. Why didn't anybody <laughs> tell us this? Oh what? God. It was good. Squeeze anybody. Yeah. Was, oh my oh, god, Squeeze. Squeeze is infamous. Like Fun. everybody wants a friend named Squeeze.
2: Page. You know? oh or Pj god. or. Uh, Once again, if you don't
1: laugh, you cry, right? Every time somebody does something like appalling, like a white male does something appalling, I'm just like Supreme Court man. Yeah, Yeah. cut me off in traffic. Yeah, Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah, no
3: joke. Well, Well, and the thing too about this is apparently I am understanding all of what's happening in politics now based on cartoons because there was another cartoon that I saw which upset me more than the You Can't Be Brett Kavanaugh for Halloween, and it was a woman standing in front of a panel of all men who were looking at her and she was kind of standing there with her head down and underneath of it, it says, it's not that we don't believe your story. It's that we don't care. Yeah. And I really do feel like, I'm sorry. I just took all Mm. the joy out of the room, but like, that's the real takeaway from this is nobody believed Anita Hill. And now here we are 30 years later and people believe Dr. Bosse Ford. They just don't care. And that that is, it's Okay. That Mm -hmm. behavior is okay. It doesn't warrant thorough investigation. And Dr. Blasey Ford wasn't the only person. Mm -hmm. You know, you had other people, Deborah Ramirez coming forward, Mm -hmm. and um, Julie Swetnick. You had other credible women with credible stories coming forward. And it was basically like, oh, yeah, okay, well, we listened to her, and she seemed real nice. But... mm." That kind of thing happened. Yeah.
0: Something around that time that really hit me was around um Bill Cosby and people were mm. saying people who have been assaulted don't come forward because they want money or fame. Like we can't even name off the top of our heads the fifty women who were assaulted by bill cosby Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we wouldn't recognize them in the street like we don't do this for fame we don't come out and say Mm -hmm. like this happened to us because it puts in jeopardy our jobs our families um our schooling i mean dr ford cannot go back to work she Mm -hmm. cannot go back to her home her kids life will never be the same Mm -hmm. and this was her what she saw as her patriotic duty and i agree and It was that day of her hearing that I came out and named my abusers, James Bearden
3: and Lorenzo
0: Riley looking at you. Um, I had two panic attacks that day. Um, Went on the news uh, with KOB, gave an interview about Mick Rich's statements um, toward Senator Heinrich saying, Oh, are you going to go tell a bunch of high school boys like they can't? Do anything in high school because it's going to follow them for the rest of their life. Yes. Actually, yes. It should yes. happen. That is what we're That's exactly what should happen because, because if they're. You're, well,
2: if you're not saying that, then you're saying, go ahead, boys, rape in high school while well, you can get away with it. Well, that. and the thing that was like frustrating for me with that statement, too, is that there are some decisions
1: you make that follow you for the rest of your life. For example, my parents were teenagers when they had me. My dad was 17 when I was born, and I'm still here. So sometimes yeah. you do make decisions. Yeah. Not to equate myself with rape by any means, but like, Good or bad, we all make mm-hmm. decisions that sometimes do follow us for the rest of and our lives. Like, and the school-to-prison pipeline, how many men that's it's right. particularly yes. where going. Yes. That's right. have done misdemeanors, are now in jail for
3: life because of or, what they did when they were 17. Or were, dead. Dead. Or were exactly. shot by the police officers exactly. who were called mm-hmm. to the scene because they mm-hmm. were doing something that a white teenager would have totally gotten Mm -hmm. away with which brett Kavanaugh
0: probably did when he was in high school but also let's not forget that the survivors um in you know no matter how young they are the perpetrator may be able to get away with it and forget about it and not see it as something traumatic but the survivor does they will have to live with what happened to them for the rest of their life like let's also not forget that it will follow them no matter what. It's going to impact their future relationships, their children, their relationship to mm-hmm. sex and money. What does a healthy relationship look like? What does parenting look like? Mm-hmm. It affects every, everything, every aspect of our life as a survivor.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, I agree. And I thought well, Dr. Blasey Ford's, and that part of her testimony where she was talking about like how she had to have a second front door on her house yeah. because she was so scared of being trapped in a closed mm-hmm. place that she couldn't get out of. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. Like That's a fear that goes yep. with you for your whole life. Yep. And she was very young when this mm-hmm. happened. And I was reading oh, something mm-hmm. that was talking about just the dramatic impact that that kind of trauma can have based on how young you are yep. yeah. to experience and how that really be a formative part of... Um, the way that you see and feel and interact with the world I think it was it was interesting watching the testimony
1: made me aware of how many things that I'm afraid of that I just didn't really yeah. think about that's right, right. Oh,
3: so
2: wow. for
1: example when she said I need to have two front doors um, and I don't have a landline now but not having a landline really freaks me out because I know that you can dial 911 on the landline and just let it go and they will be able to find you mm-hmm. that's not the case with a, a cell phone, cell phone. So there's always been something comforting about a landline to me, and I'm a millennial, and I still mm-hmm. find a landline comforting. So she, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I get it.
2: Yeah, I
1: get it because not having a landline, I not enough to make me have one in my apartment, not in my apartment, in the house that I rent, but yeah. not having a landline really does freak me out because it yeah. was just a, an, it just seems like an extra layer of safety for absolutely. me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, But, and and it, I don't know, I'm sorry. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like a lot of women have that all the time. So we're talking yeah, about, absolutely. you know, Guys being scared about not being able to make a mistake and have it follow you for the rest of your life. We didn't even make a mistake. We didn't even, we didn't do anything. Yet I have to be aware of how many cars are one side of the street and whether or not yes. I should walk on the sidewalk. Right. Or on, in the middle of the street because I actually have more access to be able to run away if something's happening. <laughs> so it's technically safer for me to walk in the middle of the street than it is to walk in the side. Walk. Yeah. Yes. walk because I have more exits. Yes. Or when I walk into a certain person's home that I've never been in before, knowing how many ways I can get out. If mm-hmm. I get out the front door or the back door or what exit strategies. Like, women do this all the time, you know? This is something that follows us all the time. And it has nothing to do with whether or not we've been sexually assaulted. It's just the way we're trained and conditioned. How aware are women all the time of what you do? How many times do you cross the street when you're going just for a walk? Mm -hmm. Because you know that that alley's a little bit sketchy. This street lights out. I don't want to walk by that van. I feel safer over here. That stoop has a lot of people on it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're aware of all of these things all the time. So we are constantly... Being held to actions of others that follow us from day one through the end of our lives. Mm-hmm. So if we have to walk around with that all the time without without even asking for it or whatever you want to say, why shouldn't the poor and disgusting actions of a man? Yeah, they need to follow him. If you rape somebody, that get that needs to follow Absolutely. you. Yes. Because the rest of us assaulted or not are having things right. follow us
3: all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, um, and this is sort of ext- extrapolating in a way that may not be appropriate, but. In reading Ta-Dahisi Coates Between the World and Me, there's um, he spends a lot of time talking about how exhausting it is as a black man to constantly be doing the things you have to do as a black man to survive in society, right? To not seem too black, to not scare mm-hmm. anybody, to not move too quickly, yeah. to always be thinking through what your place is in the world and how you're interacting with it to make sure that you're not bringing something on yourself. And that's a similar, not identical in any any way, but it's a similar thing that we go through as women, mm-hmm. is constantly like, am I putting myself right. in danger? And there's a mm-hmm. there's a an emotional labor and a, a mental cost and a mental exhaustion that goes into that. Like am I safe right now? Am mm-hmm. I doing something wrong that's gonna come back to and are my friends me? safe?
1: Right. And am I responsible for for example, I went to a show with my friend. And she went to the bathroom and it was a packed show. Uh, So if we both got up, we would have lost our seats. And I, the whole time I was like, should I have gone with her? I feel really bad. What if something happens to her? Like then, you know, and we, we all do that all the time. So we're responsible for ourselves and for our friends and for the girl down the street who is walking around without people. And we feel like we need to check on and everybody. Yeah.
3: And I remember my mother telling me about having a conversation with my dad about how as a woman, she perceives 50% of the population as a potential threat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like just, I mean, one, well, hearing my mother say that because she's, she's not a super, um, you know, out there feminist or something like that. But thinking about how that was news to my dad,
2: like how wow. that was
3: news that, you know, we spend half of our lives thinking half of the people that we run into, mm-hmm. like are they, how, how serious is the extent mm-hmm. of their threat to us? And taking this back to Kavanaugh, that perspective, yes, I'm glad to have Elena Kagan, I'm glad to have Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I'm glad to have Sonia Sotomayor, I'm glad to have some people there who somewhat have that perspective, I'm really concerned about having someone there who not only doesn't have that perspective, but doesn't seem to care. Because Mm -hmm. I didn't see in Kavanaugh's response to any of this stuff, his Mm -hmm. saying, like, Oh my god something terrible happened to that woman yeah something Mm -hmm. terrible happened to her it wasn't me I didn't do it but something terrible happened to her and in our culture as you know we cannot have that kind of culture Mm -hmm. that accepts it The attitude was more like how dare you how dare you question my right to have done all of the things that I did and to have beers with squee Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) it just it it was just a very different attitude and we talked about this last time just the difference in whether you've arrived at values from an intellectual process, which Mm -hmm. is great. It's a, it's a great place to arrive at, at your values versus having lived them, like Mm -hmm. having been afraid Mm -hmm. when you're walking down the street or having experienced discrimination or having grown up poor, it gives you a different perspective. Like it's a, it's a, it's a more intense way, I think, of arriving at certain values that leads you to fight for things, um, not just believe in them, not just value them, but really fight for them and, and feel them in your core. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the whole thing with, with Kavanaugh and also knowing um, that at some point in time he had questioned the validity of a of a tribe or or their status and whether or not they're entitled to health care or any of these things, which also added to my anxiety attacks but just um thinking about how um you know you you were talking about the intersections of uh I mean you didn't name it outright, but talking about the intersections of like gender and race when we're talking about like public mm-hmm. safety just how much more um realistic it is that especially for native women for rural native women mm-hmm. who are missing um and are have were probably murdered, the perpetrator is almost always a white guy, and to have someone a white guy who did this to a young girl I mean she was only fifteen like that just really um made me more afraid for what is gonna start being acceptable um you know my daughter's six, and it just it makes me nervous about. Um, People in my own community who believe Kavanaugh, that he didn't do anything wrong, that we're all just either making it up or blaming the wrong person or, or something like that. When I'm trying to teach my daughter how to be assertive, but also trying to teach my son, you know, asking about consent and all of that. To say like it made the work that I do with Indigenous Women Rising so much more important because we have to talk about consent, Mm -hmm. we have to talk Mm -hmm. about healthy relationships, um, and we have to talk about being okay with being rejected. I feel like that is the the mm. the core right. of it like we don't want to be rejected and we're entitled to someone else's attention someone else's body and someone else's time
3: well and someone else's place on the supreme court yes right like take that to the extreme yeah. of like mm-hmm. what what someone thinks that he is entitled to absolutely that's really that's interesting because I do think fundamentally this like all of these dynamics are about power and who has it and mm-hmm. who doesn't right. and there's part of me that hopes that like this is patriarchy's last stand, you know? Mm. Like, that's why they're fighting so hard, and that's, you know, because they see the writing on the wall. Oh, my God, all of you are rolling your yeah. eyes. Okay, so I'm trying to be Pollyanna-ish, yeah. but it's such an issue of power, and who has mm-hmm. it, and right. who doesn't want to give it up. Um, and, who, yeah, I just well, think that it comes down to power. Mm-hmm.
2: And it does. And I, something that I also wanted to add into this as well is you know, when we're talking about intersectionality, I really want to acknowledge Deborah Amigas, right? Yes. Because it's like, I, it was so hard for me at first. Like, I was like, do I put, I like, I have always been a woman who acknowledges a title that another woman has. I think it's so mm. important, and I was like, Dr. Blasey Ford, Dr. Blasey Ford, and mm-hmm. it was so important. But I thought, you know, in adding the race dynamic to this as well, like, did she, her story not get picked up? Because... She wasn't taken as seriously because she's not Dr. Mm -hmm. Ramirez. Because she comes from this, I believe it was a Puerto Rican family and had a totally different upbringing. And was she shut out because of that reason? Yeah. And so, you know, in talking about race and power and privilege, I just also want to acknowledge her as well yeah Yeah. for sure and
0: i mean one of the things i said when i was on a panel this week that made a lot of older white folks Mm -hmm. men and women incredibly uncomfortable is that if white men old white men are not willing to defend white women then what hope do women of color have then what hope do trans and queer folks have Mm -hmm. If white men, right. because you have this whole race dynamic, when it comes, you know, back in the Jim Crow era, white men were murdering black people for raping white well, women. That air quotes. I For yeah, for a look, I mean, Emmett Till for died because a nothing. white woman lied about a little black boy whistling at her. He lost his life for that. He he was tortured and and murdered for that and and so that that narrative of um protecting white women uh even how many years later if it's not for white women upholding white supremacy if it's not for white women um using their privilege over any person of color then white women still aren't valued enough and Mm -hmm. i wish white women across the board would just realize that you're being used as a tool as a pawn in white supremacy to uphold it and until you see that like white supremacy is never going never going to fade, or it will always be upheld and I say this all the time when I do any kind of trainings or talks with indigenous women rising we need white women to spend social political financial capital and invest in people of color and queer and trans folks because that's really the only way one of the very few um and impactful ways that we'll be able to start dismantling patriarchy in a meaningful way is when mm-hmm. white women get on board and start realizing you're you're just a tool for mm-hmm. the for white supremacy because Senator Grassley didn't give a shit about dr blazy ford
3: it's you it's
1: right. interesting
0: um, kind of spinning off of the the
1: last bit of that is that. And, and the women who who voted for Kavanaugh do need to be held accountable. But I did actually think it was interesting that it still fell all on their shoulders and nobody mm-hmm. was looking at the right.
2: Right. I agree. dozens yes. I agree. I how many like, men. I that well, it, And, it and really still, disturbed. they need to be held accountable.
1: Yes, yes. 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 I 100%. Y'all I did, did I not stand where you needed to. You need to be held accountable. But it still, media-wise, was still brought onto a woman's shoulders yes. mm-hmm. no, they were no matter what rather than saying, like, okay... These what two was it okay. two or three women two women voted
3: right for mm-hmm.
1: Kavanaugh these forty like exactly <laughs> something right. men
3: right exactly Kavanaugh. so if there are any guys listening I would like to um help you with this, I'm making an analogy of like it's that football game where everybody gets angry at the kicker who misses the field goal in the final minutes mm-hmm. but it blames him for the loss but doesn't look at how badly every other player played mm-hmm. for the entire that's game. right mm-hmm. um. That's right. And and I think you're right. Like this, it was so disproportionately placed Absolutely. on this small group of women. Yes. I wish those women yeah. um, had, ber- had done things a little differently. Although props to Murkowski. I have right. to put that out there. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, making it seem as if it's entirely on their shoulders because they didn't, you know, they betrayed their people or however you want to frame it. Mm -hmm. No. You know, so many other white male votes right there that need to be held accountable. That's why I
2: felt so disturbed about the fact that, you know, there was a GoFundMe that popped up immediately to take out Collins, I think it was. Yeah. And I was like, really? When you could have been, you know, donating this entire time to – you know, take out these other white men who have been voting against your interests for years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. And so I really just been voting anyway. Like, right. in the right way anyway,
1: see. you should have tried to take her out prior right. to
2: that. Like, exactly. when she
1: went against people of color. And, you know, like, yeah. because there are going to be votes, are going to, there is a voting record, excuse me, that shows that she hasn't been on folks' side. Right. So,
2: why now? Yeah. We should Absolutely. have been organizing before, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So, I guess we can also talk about the sexism uh, right sexism? here, right here that in our own now. in our own New Mexico. I'm looking around for it, but <laughs> right. I just I don't yeah. see any.
1: Well, yeah. I think a good segue into it is I've heard people at the door say that the Republican side is actually energized by the Kavanaugh thing and yes, been thank using you. It. Yes, thank you. And for me, I don't know how to strategize at all because I was like, oh my gosh, when all of this was happening, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is even good for y'all. Like kick them out, find somebody else who's going to vote your values because I'm sorry, they're. It's not like we ran out of old conservative white men yesterday. There's a right. big-ass pool for you <laughs> to the pull from. Yeah. they there's like, a like, like
3: a great anti You can women. find
1: somebody yeah. to put onto the Supreme Court who's not this right. guy, who's not that controversial. You don't right. want to do it. But don't mess with it. Give yeah. you the but you want. it ended up working right. in their favor. So now I'm well, just like completely mind-blown yeah, and not okay. knowing yes. how to strategize because
2: there's clearly stuff going on that I just don't understand. Although I'm a little confused. So – one, I know that polling has obviously been a little bit off in recent years. But, you know, so I've, I heard a couple of people saying, like, oh, well, the polling is showing that, you know, this Kavanaugh thing is having a backlash on Democrats. And I'm like, really? Because I'm at the doors mm-hmm. every single day, walking for candidates, walking declined to state territory, right? Knocking on doors. And the two questions that I've been asked the most are, okay, are they a Democrat? Is it a woman? I'm voting for them. Done. Yeah. And so I, I just... I mean, maybe it's my me being a little bit, you know, cautious about trusting polls. But, I mean, you know, when we're at the doors and we're hearing this, it's hard to not think that, you know, hopefully things will swing our way because of it. You know. yeah. It's hard because I've heard people
1: say that their experience on the doors was talking to persuasion voters and mm-hmm. that they were like, I will never vote for a Democrat again. That was the most disgusting thing I've ever
2: seen and blah, blah, blah.
0: Did, did we all just forget Merrick Garland? Like... I mean, you want to use uh, sports metaphors? (laughs) Like, let's talk about moving the goalposts even farther into the seats where the people (laughs) sit at the top.
3: Yeah. Like,
0: I mean, we don't um, nominate Supreme Court justices in the last year of a presidency. Like, bull freaking shit. Where Mm -hmm. is that in the Constitution? Show me that
3: in the Constitution. And Uh,
0: I am, I mean, I'm not an attorney, or nor am I in law school, but it doesn't matter. I, you can take the it, words it, in the You Constitution. can read it and so, Well <laughs> I mean that's to say like I'm pretty familiar with with what is said in the Constitution and there isn't anything in there that says anything remotely what and it I think um Senator McConnell was also talking about how it's like in a in the spirit of American tradition, or something. Like, oh God, that's it's, a tradition I'm sorry. of the Senate. No, I'm that like, is that the
3: spirit of slavery, is spirit yes. of slavery. <laughs> all, all of it. It's it's the spirit. All right. And I,
1: I well, I guess it was in the spirit of American tradition. They didn't believe women, so yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's right. true.
3: That's true. That's in keeping. So New moving Mexico. us to New Mexico, I just want to be the first to say that I only want serious. Candidates Not one. So that God. have Yoda commercials? No, no, yes. oh my God, oh my God, and the Yoda commercial is just too brilliant. But like serious candidates, and maybe, maybe we, we should really. break down the Yoda. Yeah, we need to break, break it down. down. We need to back up we for people. Down. The New Mexico GOP put out this video, which spawned. Right. Oh, the that's article. right, that's right. So there it was there. a video basically with the pictures of Michelle rollerblading and doing mm-hmm. Michelle Lujan Grisham, the Democratic nominee for governor, rollerblading, doing her thing, dancing in some parades.
1: And, and this, a commercial that actually played very well and people know that she's rollerblading. Yeah, exactly. that commercial, right. so it was
3: kind of like right. BS footage yeah. on top
1: of that. right? <laughs> that, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But, but basically
3: saying, she's not serious enough because she has fun. <laughs> but I, mean, <laughs> I feel like, I mean, honestly, I feel like it was inches away from like, her periods will attract bears. <laughs> 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 it was so ridiculous. <laughs> oh you know, of like,
1: be afraid of her. She
3: has breasts. Right. She <laughs> right. roller blades. And
1: for like all seriousness, isn't one of the best indicators of who's gonna win a race who the general public wants to go get a beer with.
2: That's, well, right. So, like, we're right. I, that's right. So like that's about seriousness. like one
1: of the best indicators is who dudes,
3: not the general public, who dudes want to go right. get a beer that's with. That's right. And but remember read who
1: bros wanna go bro with. So that's right. who you can tell who's gonna win.
3: And but what I see her is like Hillary wasn't likable enough. Right. And Michelle is too, too likable. So like, <laughs> how How do you win? You don't win. You don't I have mean, a personality. No, to right. exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or, you, or,
1: or you don't be trans, or you don't be a person yeah, of color,
3: or yeah, all of right. these things.
1: Yeah, yeah, stay a white male. Yeah. A cis white male. And that's how you do it. I wonder if I
0: could be a white man for Halloween. You think-
3: <laughs> oh my God. Or a, white a white face.
0: white <laughs> I think that's called a clown. <laughs> um, so that, wow. I just feel like you could do that in, like,
1: just be like until until Redskins is no longer a mascot,
2: yeah, I get here, to do here. this. Here, here. <laughs> nope. That's right.
3: But I, I think the fact one that the GOP <laughs> made that video and thought it was okay to like try and make people underestimate a woman right. because she has a personality. Isn't... Also, those were community events.
1: I want to take a moment to say yes mm-hmm. yeah. To, yeah. Right? to insult <laughs> right. her for being amongst the community when I doubt that the other candidate was doing the same thing right. is ridiculous. So I'm sorry that you don't understand how to talk to the community it makes you feel uncomfortable to level with people. That doesn't mean you have to come against us because of it. But,
3: and it's also yeah I think you're so right. It's not like she got up and started tap dancing in the middle of a cabinet meeting. Yeah. Right? Oh, like exactly. speaking of that Heather Wilson did freaking banjos in her <laughs> commercial <laughs>
1: <with a goddamn> <laughs> unicycle. <laughs> so you want to get <laughs> on the <series. laughs> Do you Remember that nothing <laughs> nothing
3: oh yeah, I've, I've never done.
0: seen that uh, I am looking you it up to, get to say-
3: Oh my is god. Priceless, right? But I feel like and and her issue, right, at that point was that she wasn't likable enough, right? Mm-hmm. That she yes. wasn't seen as human mm-hmm. and, yeah. and mm-hmm. all of that sort of stuff. So I just as a woman candidate, you can't win. But like so the GOP for partisan purposes makes this video, right? Right. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you a pass on this one. It was a purely partisan use of sexism, okay? Yeah. The Albuquerque Journal then writes a yeah. story about it. There you it. go. It's not okay. I think we should all come up with the the stories that we want to see written with the questions about candidates. Like, Steve Pierce, are you human enough? Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Are you Stop. a zombie? And right. the thing is that like, if the Journal wanted to do a
1: story about it, I think there is something there to say the way women candidates are viewed. Sure. That right. is a story. And it's not even yes. slanted because you could have brought in Heather... Wilson having yes. to bring out the banjo to be uh, seen banjo. as human, right? right. You you yeah. could have brought both parties into it, but instead they just decided to essentially type out what the Republican Party wrote. Yeah, like they were like breaking, Here's the trans- breaking, breaking news. news, breaking news, breaking news, <laughs> It, 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 just, it wasn't even good journalism. No, it, it wasn't even no, good. No. Jo- I mean, I don't, it's the journal, but
3: I'm sorry, <laughs> just... It, creating and extending this narrative that validated Mm -hmm. that it's okay to Mm -hmm. use sexism for partisan purposes. I do
0: want to give a shout out to the Santa Fe New Mexican for putting up an endorsement. They're like, she may rollerblade and do all these things, but she is the person who um, cares about elders, cares about kids, has this Mm -hmm. long track record of caring for the state and her district, even folks who weren't in her district. Hell, I, my grandpa, A lot of my grandfathers at Laguna Pueblo not in her district all I had to do were was call up the staff and say hey my one of my grandfathers didn't get his purple heart man that staff was quick and they did what they needed to do and and then she she rollerbladed her ass into that room and was like here's your purple heart but I mean I just I I thought that was a really good way to snap back at at the journal for that crappy piece of journalism
3: for using that uh, yes.
0: journalism um but yeah so thank you santa fe Mexico.
3: that was yeah, a great just interview. accepting that premise and not asking these questions of other candidates mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like it's do you answer your phone when people call your congressional district <laughs> like, is, and, yeah. and is it legitimate to ask in this day and age people to choose to vote for somebody who thinks that his wife needs to voluntarily submit to him. That's Gross. Right. Now, whatever their relationship is or their situation is, That's all marriages is. are unique and and so be it. But where's the Steve Pierce? Are you too antiquated to be governor? Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. Where is the, like, Aubrey Dunn? Is your mustache too weird to be governor? <laughs> you know? Have you seen, oh, it's not Aubrey Dunn. It's Blair Dunn. I can't keep them straight. I'm so sorry. The one who's running for AG as the attorney, as um libertarian isn't, oh, and he's like okay. got this little handlebar mustache That's thing going something. on. You guys have to look up his videos. It's amazing. Oh, it's goodness. like from a 1930s like <laughs> movie where there's some woman like tied to the railroad tracks or something in there. He is like twirling his mustache. But like <laughs> nobody's asking that question. Like dude, are you too incapable of using a barber? To be Attorney General, like nobody is asking these ridiculous, farcical questions about, else. exactly, That's about male candidates. And I do, I work with Maggie Toulouse Oliver. I love Maggie Toulouse Oliver. I am going to bring in Maggie Toulouse Oliver's freakish opponent, Gavin Clarkson. Yes. Um, So.
0: Hey, Gavin.
3: <laughs> I, I know you two have a special relationship, Rachel. Um, That's so crazy. So this is a man who, at the League of Women Voters Forum in Santa Fe, right? And I have some video of it, so if y'all want to see it, that's great. I'll share it with you. Excited. But literally got booed oh. by seventy-plus-year-old white ladies. I like didn't know that. this booed because he was so outrageous, so wow. crazy, so bombastic. It was awful. Like, Literally, the sweet, sweet moderator of the League of Women Voters of Santa Fe told wow. him that you know everybody really heard enough. I'm <laughs> like wow. trying to shut, shut it down, down right? Because he was—I mean, he was out of control. And there was literally a point, like as as Maggie's campaign manager, like I literally stood up in the debate and was like, "Excuse me, no, no, excuse Whoa. me. Like this is not happening because his behavior was so outrageous. I mean, it was just—it was—it was so outrageous. And I do think that a lot of the media coverage around that captured it. But it's also, it's sort of under the radar. Like it's. Yeah. I, know, this is the first time I, that I'm do. hearing oh, about this. Oh, you guys do. Yeah, yeah, I'll send too. you the video. It's amazing. Because yes. he started to go down this. It's just amazing. But then, you know, I got this But bullet. can we talk about his I know, radio commercial? Kind of, so here you've got this, you know, this, this, this six foot whatever dude in this black leather duster with his cowboy hat on that he never takes off. I thought you were supposed to take him off when you were inside and sitting down. You I thought off to rules. say the pledge of a I don't even know about that. I don't even <laughs> know. I've never seen him where he had to say the pledge. And the black shirt, black duster, black boot, the whole like whatever. And that's great. That's his style. That's his image. That's your brand. You own it, son. But there he was, like, you know, so bombastic, so confrontational, so nasty, right? And then last week, somebody oh my sent my me God. this clip of his radio ad that's only airing in Southern New Mexico. Oh, right. If you're in Southern New Mexico, please listen to as much mainstream radio as possible so you can hear this. And it's literally him speaking in rhyme. And I'm not sure if he's like channeling Dr. Seuss or Yoda. But Yoda. he's on more Yoda. definitely on the Yoda side. It was Team amazing. Yoda. And... And, no, I don't think he should get much media coverage because he clearly is not that serious of a candidate. But are you a serious candidate if you are speaking rhymes into in a radio ad? Like, it was It was. But the wild. GOP
2: will never question how serious right. their own candidate is, mm-hmm. only how right. serious Michelle Lujan Grisham is. Right. right. Can we
0: also just put out there that he is all about how mto is getting zombies and dogs registered to vote need i remind you wasn't it a republican or something who tried to register a dog and it just proved how effective the system is because he right. got in trouble for right. it yeah, exactly. oh my god
3: yeah. and it was not a dog who tried to register to vote it was a human a That's human right. who registered right. his dog right, right. right. sorry <laughs>
0: to all the dogs out there
3: I right house. i know right now it's the dogs. you guys can make your own choices but It's just interesting, like there's all this wacky, wacky stuff going on, and the question that gets asked is, is Michelle Lohan Grisham, who has arguably one of the best resumes of any potential governor, um, and who has a work ethic unlike any other, that's what's getting questioned. You know, it's not crazy Gavin Clarkson and his rhymes, it's not what's his name and his mustache, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's none of, it's none of these things, and Yvette Harrell um, just to kind of like take right to take this sort of beyond gender and into just the sort of partisan issue where is she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. like where is she?
0: One and, barbecue a month,
3: right? <laughs> Whether she needs it or not. Yeah. Um, and I just it's just very interesting to me, and I think very telling mm-hmm. um, the the kinds of questions that people ask and the ways in which they ask them mm-hmm. because just assuming that the premise of the question is legitimate. Legitimizes necessarily the idea mm-hmm. behind it, and there, is she serious enough? I'm, I, I, really, really. Oh, aside from the are you serious enough stint that they
1: did, but their comment about makeup mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, as as I don't know if it was a follow up or if they were just in the right testimony on Twitter, after, yeah, it was right but right after the debate, the Republican Party. Yeah. Official Republican Party Twitter, by the way. It wasn't like somebody just saying it on the side. This is the Twitter yeah. official GOP, of yes. the official GOP. New um, Mexico GOP.
3: That was a little interesting to me. And so they, this is, I love this about the tweet as well, is that they tweeted it to Michelle's male communications director. Like they didn't even tweet it directly at Michelle. This is to yeah. her male staff member. Hey, at male staff <laughs> member, did your female boss, that's not what it says, but that's implied, um, hire Richard Nixon's makeup artist from the 1960 debate. She looked just like him. Fits great with your campaign message. I am not a crook. Hashtag NMGov debate. Hashtag NM poll. There are so many things I don't understand about this. Like, first of all, Richard Nixon was a Republican. <laughs> like, Seriously. I so, mm-hmm. I, I'm so baffled by it. But I also, I didn't watch the debate. Also, they put up
1: a black and white video, so you can't tell if... Richard Nixon has Has... poor makeup on because black and And white. I I
3: didn't watch the debate that night because I can't. It (laughs) was like one of those
1: moments where like somebody makes fun of you or says something bad and you're like, oh man, if I was there then, I would have said X, Y, Z. It's just that they're having it 50 years later.
3: Right. Oh.
1: (laughs) 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 The hindsight's 20-20.
3: But I'm mean, like, <laughs> did Michelle look really bad, and Steve Pierce somehow looked amazing? Like, was there uh, was no. there a legit yeah. wardrobe sure. or makeup failure here? Like, I just didn't even like get it. And and also like again, Richard Nixon, not the Republican Party's finest moment. Yeah. So why are we resurrecting? <laughs> Well, okay, so early voting is underway. People are voting, change is happening even as we speak. Um, So what are some of the good things around this election that we're excited about or looking forward to?
1: I'm excited to see so many women candidates on the
3: ballot um,
1: and to see the excitement around them and to see things changing. Even, Even though they're slow and sad and we're getting a lot of pushback, the amount of women on the ballot is awesome. That's right. Um, I also like seeing women's organizations being labeled as crazy things. And, and recently somebody in Breitbart was like, look up Emerge America. They're, <laughs> They're dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> and it like made my whole Hell yeah. Me too. I, I was love like, it. Yeah.
3: I was like, yes, we are. Not, like, Actually, <laughs> you have we no are. idea was, Like, dangerous. <laughs>
1: You've been knocking our lady brains, that's but we're coming for you. Actually, these little lady brains are really scary. So <laughs> are coming so you, women are are seen as fierce, that's I like that's it. Right. Hashtag that's be
3: right. fierce. That's right. Love me some Deb Holland. I will. I will go out on this limb, although this is not entirely a positive thing, but I will give it a shot. I just had a beautiful moment with myself, um, with the debate and the situation that deb holland um as a stellar amazing candidate has been having with janice arnold jones where James arnold jones is doing all of this stuff to try and like pull out stereotypes about native americans as alcoholics and not being indian enough and all of this sort of stuff and and deb has to handle this and answer these questions which i think she's done an amazing job on i'm so proud of her the honesty the way that she's talked about her recovery and being sober and i it's just really powerful powerful stuff um that i just feel like when is somebody going to turn and ask janice arnold jones the question of like so is a white woman janice
0: janice
3: janice what are you gonna do to make up for you know Slavery and wow. genocide and- <laughs> Why don't these... you speak for all of your exactly. people? <laughs> exactly! Like, why is Janice Arnold Jones not being held to speak for all of these for everybody when the way that she is trying to, in her very sort of ineffective, underfunded way, like attack Deb in by pulling out and generating these stereotypes and holding Deb accountable for everything. Mm-hmm and anything that can be said about the Native American community or is said, whether it can or should be. But like, there's no, there's no flip side to that coin. There's no, there's no. There
0: is now.
3: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) answer our question yeah you can tweet at us yes Yes. you can sunshine at brava we would love to hear what you were doing to make amends for reparations genocide (laughs) reparations whatever words you want to use we would love to hear that because we've heard (laughs) extensively how Deb has made amends for every single stereotype question disparagement Mm. that can be made so let's let's turn it around a little bit and have some fun. Love it. I guess I'm
2: looking forward to November 6th, Election Day. Um, yes, because we have all these women on the ballot, but also just because of the community that they bring with them, like the community yes. and the grassroots organizing that these women are doing. Um, you know, in getting their neighbors out, I just think it's really beautiful to see, and um, I guess just visiting, you know, all of these campaigns day by day that's my excitement for November 6th is that they're bringing all of our community with them I am
0: excited for it to be over <laughs> so, um, yes. yeah. I, I'm just I'm exhausted I yeah. feel you know because I work in politics it's very much a part of my life in the office and out of the office and I do the best I can to bring in intersectional feminism with Um, with politics and a comment was made to me a few weeks ago about how um, some parents um, talk to their kids or that's how they grew up talking about you know Democrats are good and Republicans are bad I want to have the conversation with my kids about you know um, I don't know if they're well with the exception of like Trump and Kavanaugh um, good people or bad people but people on a spectrum who make who choose to make decisions that harm or help people, and thinking critically about um, about you know how your decisions do impact people through what you do and what you say, and and that's what I'm trying to teach my kids. And I'm excited for it to be over, so that way I can debrief with my family. Um, this isn't this has not been just hard for me, but hard for my. My kids and my husband and by extension my mother-in-law who has to watch my kids when I can't be at home or when my husband has to work. Um, I just I want to be able to just spend time with my family and we're going to do as much as we can in the next couple of weeks. Um, But I just I'm exhausted. I'm mentally and emotionally Mm -hmm. just spent and this is the first time in the 10 years that I've been doing this that I... I, not that I want to quit because the fight is always going to be there and I, I have to show up, but I think, um, we should start being honest about when it's taking a lot out of us. So yeah, I'm excited for some rest and some biscochitos. Yay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it's I, biscochito season. I'm, I'm excited sorry. for more
1: people to have that viewpoint because I don't think our nation is going to change until we have, yeah. we all have that viewpoint of the spectrum mm-hmm. and when we keep being so black and white and good and bad, and looking at things in the binary. We had this discussion in the last Mm -hmm. podcast, but when we continue looking at things in in such a binary view, we're never gonna get better. We're never, ever, ever gonna get better. So I I think having that um, viewpoint is the only thing that's gonna make our nation better. That's what's gonna change things. And that's what's gonna get things done. Um, And I think it's really important. I had one more thing to add that you remind me of, I'm excited to hold people accountable after the election. Yes! Because if we don't hold our own folks accountable, I I think that Dems need to look at themselves. We need to look at ourselves because we have a healthy role to play in where our nation is right now. That's right. We buried our heads in the sand with the previous administration because we were so happy and and excited and and took a break and didn't hold. People accountable and made it a post-racial America or whatever we did, and allowed people to um, also promote white supremacy and racism through that, right. that post-racial America. Um, right. And and if we don't take a look at ourselves, and if we don't hold our own folks accountable, um, the same way that we're holding the current administration accountable, we're never going to get ahead, and we're That's just going right. to keep seeing this pendulum swing swing back and forth. So I'm excited to elect great new leaders but Absolutely. to hold those great new leaders accountable. After, after
0: some rest. rest. After some rest. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and to hold every other player on the team accountable oh as on, well. Yeah. To not That's just right. put the burden of change on the new folks like we are yep. talking about before. This is not on the field goal kicker. This right. is on the entire right. the mm-hmm. entire team. That's and right. and the glad... people
0: behind them with the staffers, right. the campaign yes. managers, That's right. um, the people who are at the roundhouse year round. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need to be having those conversations as well so even though i love mlg and mto like indigenous women Rising is starting to pick up speed and i'm ready to start having those conversations mm-hmm. about where um brown and queer people are at the table mm-hmm. that's right mm-hmm.
1: and everybody who right now is very in vogue to be pushing hard against the current administration and i'm glad people will do that but i expect our leaders who are currently um, at the front lines pushing this hard against the current administration to do the same thing when we have an administration that has the same values as us yep. i want you to see i want to see you there with as much good stuff. so
2: Yay. i'm excited for that chapter mm-hmm. right on this is brava signing off <laughs>